Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and another installment of 12 Habits. 12 Habits is a year-long project where together we will strive to make or break habits each month. We all know there are habits and lifestyle choices that are good for us, yet trying to incorporate them into daily life can be so much of a challenge that they quickly fall by the wayside. In 12 Habits, we'll spend the month unpicking the challenges, figuring out our way over, under and through the barriers to making these habits stick so that they can become parts of our lives in a way that's sustainable because there's no point trying to stick to a habit if you've chosen to do it in a way that you just can't adhere to or maintain. So habit number two has been phone usage, in particular, our efforts to reduce it. And this was the habit that so many of you asked me to tackle during this year long project. How do I reduce my phone usage? And I know that I'm not alone because I've been reading your emails and your texts and your messages all month. And I know that this one has proven to be more frustrating than I think any of us anticipated. And it's because I think it's very hard to know, A, what you're aiming for, and B, to know when you're making much progress. Because reducing your minutes that you're spending on on your phone or whatever device it is every day might seem like a win, but it might not feel like one. It might be a data point, but you might not feel as though your relationship with your device is really changing in a way that feels worth the effort. And that is what 12 Habits is all about. It's putting in the effort and figuring out the way that you can begin to see and feel the results so that you incorporate it and it just becomes a part of who you are. Because sometimes with these habits, and I've talked about this a lot on the show before, you can set the bar so high and the, the one that most people can think of when we think of New Year's resolutions is some sort of fitness or perhaps a diet intention. We can set the bar so high for ourselves, such, such a high, set such a high standard that it's just so hard to maintain that we quickly think that we're failing and then we give up. I've been there. I'm sure you can relate to the color, shape, feel, texture of what I'm describing. And that's what I want to try and avoid with 12 Habits. And so if you listen to last week's uh, installment of 12 Habits, you'll know that I was feeling quite frustrated at this idea of we just don't know what we're working towards. It seems quite individual. Yes, reducing your minutes per day is a win and we mustn't ever um, say that it's not. A win still gives us that dopamine rush, still gives us a sense of progress. But how do we really work on this relationship with our phones? And 
I'm so grateful to say that I have the best person on the podcast in this episode to speak to about it. You may have heard the book, heard about the book, How to Break Up With Your Phone by Catherine Price. And Catherine and I were chatting on DM and she very kindly said that she would come on to this episode, which I know is our final one, not only to talk about her own journey and how she renegotiated and reevaluated and reset her relationship with her device. And she explains the backstory to that and how to really set those things into stone. But she also talks about a little project that she's got that actually begins as this 12 Habits finishes. So it's kind of perfect timing. Um, and I will let her explain all of that to you. But Catherine is an award-winning journalist, she's an author, and she is known for this book, How to Break Up with Your Phone. But what I think is so fascinating is that her follow-up is about how to embrace fun. And we talk about that a little bit in our conversation. She was very generous. She's very, very busy at the moment because she is... Uh, publicizing a new book so I managed to fit into her schedule which was so amazing so this is Catherine Price who's been there done that and has felt the frustrations that I think all of us doing this habit have been feeling or have felt at some point during the last month and here she is to tell us how to stay focused how to continue with our endeavor why even the fact that we have decided that we have some uh, a somewhat problematic relationship with our device or maybe a, a relationship that we want to alter in some way even realizing that is actually quite enlightened and means that you're already on the path so I'm gonna let Catherine take over and I will see you on the other side of this chat well to help us with our phone habit who better to speak to than award-winning journalist and author Catherine Price who who's written the book quite literally on how to uh, not necessarily break up with your phone, although I know that's the title, but to find a healthy relationship. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And tell me briefly, if you wouldn't mind, when you realized your phone was essentially like a toxic F-boy, because that's what a lot of people <laughs> have talked about in the Facebook group. I hadn't put it in those terms, but I, yeah, I... I like to think of myself as a self-aware person. I've got a background in mindfulness. You know, I'm very committed to living a full, joyful life. But I had these moments in around 2015, 2016, when my daughter was a baby. And I had these experiences of being with her late at night. And then having this scene kind of appear to me as it would appear to an outsider, probably because I was so sleep deprived. And what I saw was this baby looking up at her mother and her mother looking down at her phone. Mm. And that killed me because that's not what I wanted her to think of as a human relationship, you know, let alone with her mom. And it was not how I wanted to be living my own life at all. So that moment made me realize I needed to change. And I like to turn my personal issues into professional projects. That's the thing I do. And at that point, I realized, well, okay, I'm, I'm definitely not the only person struggling with this. But at that time, there were not many there, there wasn't really a guide to help you do anything about it. So I decided I would write one. So the result was how to break up with your phone. And as you alluded to, breaking up with your phone does not mean dumping it entirely. Don't freak out. You don't have to throw it in a river. But it means recognizing that a relationship is not working and creating a better one. So it's very much like realizing that your boyfriend <laughs> is not right for you breaking up, but that, that creates space for you to create a new and healthier relationship. So that's what we're trying to do here, create a long-term sustainable relationship that you have control over. 
And it is one of those things, isn't it? As you realize that maybe there's a problem to begin with, but I think with our phones, it is of all the habits that I've uh, tackled on this podcast, not only in 12 habits, but in 26 habits, it's the one that feels the woolliest, the least I'm able to define because we're not, we don't know what we have to work towards. You alluded to mindfulness. So the first habit in 12, in 12 habits was learning to meditate. So there's, we kind of know what the end point, what the goal is supposed to look and feel like but we don't have that same clarity or crystallized goal with this do we well in a way i think we do because i think that you we do know when a relationship with the device feels good or not good i mean everyone who signed up for the challenge i think knows it doesn't feel good but i think that you start to know it improves when you just feel that you can put it down and step away from it and you also feel like you're having meaningful and fun experiences in your life that are not just staring at a screen. I don't think that it's necessary to get too wrapped up, for example, in the specific number of minutes per day you're spending on your phone, because I think it's important to recognize right from the outset, there's a reason that we do love our phones. They have a lot of really useful purposes or things that are enjoyable. Like I love using my phone to listen to music. I love using my phone to actually call a friend. I play the guitar and I use the Guitar Tabs app to look up tabs so I can play music with friends. Like there's a lot of things that are great about our phones. But the issue is that they have been engineered, or more specifically, many of the most attention-sucking apps have been engineered to steal our attention from us. And they're using very sophisticated techniques that manipulate our biochemistry. So they're really hacking our brain. Brains. And so they are very difficult to look away from. Then you add the challenge that we keep them in our pockets all the time, right? It's essentially like having someone who knows they're an alcoholic, but they're carrying a flask of whiskey in their pocket all the time. That's not a great idea if you're going to try not to drink, right? But in the case of our phones, you have the problematic stuff mixed up in the same device that has the useful and enjoyable things. So it's a really challenging problem. There's a reason it feels hard. But I do think, in fact, I know it is possible to create a healthier relationship. And actually, you know, just last night I was speaking to someone who had gone through the steps in my book and it was so cool because I hadn't done an in-person event in two years. And she said to me that it really struck her how if you do start a new habit, like a new diet or exercise, it can take a month or so before you start to see effects or before you kind of get into the groove of that habit and feel motivated to stick with it. And she said for her, when she really started to take the steps to break up with her phone, two days in, she felt noticeably better. She felt more focused and present and happier in her words. So I would say that inspired me (laughs) as the person who wrote the book. It really inspired me because I think that means that if you get over that first hump, you're going to start seeing benefits more quickly than you would realize. Mm. I'm sorry, than you would anticipate rather. Um, Did you have in, because it was 2015, we're seven years later now. um, One of my favorite sayings in terms of recovery, whatever that might be from, is it's not linear. So is um, a bumpy road uh, one that people should maybe anticipate and not feel bad about experiencing as they try to manage their relationships with their phone? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's going to be bumpy because you've got a device that's designed to mimic slot machines that you're keeping in your pocket. Slot machines are widely considered to be the most addictive machines ever to have been invented. And as we were just saying, that's all, everything's mixed up in it. So it makes total sense that, A, you're never going to have a perfect relationship ever. I mean, no, nothing's ever perfect, and relationships certainly are. But B, that you're going to have ups and downs. So what I think that the goal should be is not to 
you know, get mad at yourself if you feel yourself slipping, but actually to recognize it as a sign of success because you've noticed that you're slipping. And that's what you're really after is the self-awareness to notice when you are or are not on track. And then you want to have the tools in your tool belt to get yourself back towards the path you want to be on. And that's what the book is designed to do is help people get these tools. But I'd say for, for everyone out there who doesn't know where to begin, I think one of the main mistakes people make when they start trying to reshape their relationship with their phone is that they start to restrict themselves without actually knowing really why they're doing it. It's kind of arbitrary, like, oh, I just should be spending less time on my screens. And then they do little tips and tricks that ultimately don't work because you don't know why you're doing it. So I would suggest to everyone that you start instead by asking yourself, how do you want to be spending your time? What's important to you? What brings you joy? What, What do you want to be achieving or accomplishing or doing? And then how's your phone getting in the way? So have this broader philosophical framework, because then you start to recognize like what you're actually doing this for, what your actual goal is. Do you want to spend more time with your particular loved one? Is there a project you really would love to do? Do you have a passion or a hobby that's totally fallen to the wayside because you spend all your time on Instagram? You know, really start to think about your phone as an obstacle that's getting in the way of how you want to live your life. Then it becomes a lot easier to not spend time on your phone because you no longer are trying to resist it. You actually wouldn't, you don't want to be spending as much time on it. That actually is something that has been coming back in the Facebook group since we started the challenge, which is I find that when I'm engaged with people I love or doing the things that I want to do, I am not, I'm not picking up my phone, but when I'm at work and I'm bored or the evening is hours in front of me and there's nothing to watch on television, that's when I lose all that time. So it's, it's a brilliant point, Catherine. It's about that self-awareness and really doing that inventory of what do I need it for? When is it serving me? When is it not serving me? Yeah. And I would say that the people who share those insights are very much in line with what I myself experienced, which is that once I, so my follow-up book, my new book that just came out in December is called the power of fun, how to feel alive again, very much a follow-up to how to break up with your phone. Because once I freed up free time, I realized I needed to figure out what to do with it. (laughs) And I ended up pursuing fun. I can talk more about that, but the reason I bring that up is because it's very true. If you're actually engaged in what you're doing, you're not going to want to be on your phone. I think it actually is very similar to drinking. Like I'm not a particularly heavy drinker, but I find that if I'm having active fun, I have no desire to have any alcohol because I'm already so satisfied with the experience. But it's like, if I'm kind of bored, then I'm like, oh, I'll have a glass of wine, you know? So I think it's very similar. I was also going to suggest a, a specific technique that people can play around with that people seem to find useful. And the basic premise is that many times we look at our, you know, we look up at the clock and we wonder how 30 minutes has passed and how our phone even got into our hand to begin with. There's something very mindless about it, which again is not our fault because our phones are designed to sneak past our natural defenses and steal our time and attention from us from literally under our noses. But you can't change a habit if you don't recognize you have a habit, right? It would be like trying to quit smoking if you didn't realize you were a smoker. And that's where we are in many cases with our phone. You don't know it's in your hand until the time has already passed. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So in order to break that and give yourself the self-awareness you would need to potentially choose a different path, I recommend that people put a rubber band or a hair tie around their phone. And the reason for that is that when you reach for your phone on autopilot, which you will do because that's what we all do, you will notice there's something around your phone and part of your brain is going to be like, why the heck is there a rubber band around my phone? And in that moment, you will have given you <laughs> I'm I have showing a, rubber band. <laughs> a rubber band and her phone right now. You can then say to yourself, okay, I picked up my phone. And then that moment of awareness is the cue to do the next step that I recommend to people, which is an exercise as I developed called WWW. And that's short for what for, why now, and what else? Mm-hmm. And the idea there is pretty much what it sounds like. You ask yourself, what did you pick your phone up for? What was your purpose in that moment? You know, had you picked up your phone to buy a birthday present for a friend in three days? Were you sending a particular email? Were you checking Instagram for something in particular? Or did you really not have a purpose? So you're just getting curious about it. No judgment, but just why did you pick it up? Then ask yourself, why now? Like, why in this particular moment did you pick up your phone? Were you, and, and in some cases, there might be a temporal reason, right? Like they're your friend's birthday. Friend's birthday is in three days. You've got to order something. But in many cases, you're going to notice that the reason is actually emotional. So you're going to notice that you're bored and you want a distraction, like you were just saying, you know, or you're, you're anxious and you want something that's going to soothe you a little bit, which irony alert, we often do by then checking the news, which is like the worst self-soothing mechanism one can possibly imagine, or going to social media and then feeling bad about ourselves. Uh, you might feel lonely and then want a connection, which you know, could be why you go to social media and then you feel lonelier. Mm. It's great. It's a great strategy. Um, but anyway, you want to figure out what your brain is actually after when you're checking your phone. Because once you do that, you you have the awareness you need to move to the final step, which is the what else. And that's what it sounds like. What else could you do in that moment instead of look at your phone? You know, what else could you do if you're feeling lonely to get yourself a little bit more of a sense of connection? For example, could you use your phone to actually call somebody instead of going to social media? If you're, you know, stuck on a project at work and you need a break, maybe instead of just looking at a screen, a different screen, you could put your phone down and go for a five minute walk, right? Maybe you decide you don't want to do anything. The what else is I want to do nothing and give my brain a chance to breathe, which I highly recommend Boredom and in the empty space is so important for creativity and ultimately for our, you know, our well-being. And then you also might decide at the end of that process, you want to be on your phone. You know, you wanted to look at Instagram. You wanted to, to do whatever it was you were doing. And that's totally fine. And that gets back to the point that we're not trying to restrict ourselves arbitrarily for the sake of restriction. We're trying to just become more intentional about our phone use. So I would suggest that that combination putting the band around your phone, and then doing this WWW exercise. And I actually um, explain it, and I have a lock screen image that helps people with this that are free that people can get if they sign up for my newsletter at screenlifebalance.com. So feel free to check that out. I try to create a bunch of resources to help people. But that really will help you notice your habit when you're in the midst of engaging in the habit and then being able to step out of the automatic habit to then ask yourself, is this actually what I want to be doing right now? And as I said, 
it doesn't really matter what you decide after that. The point is just that you made the decision. Your phone didn't make the decision. I love those tips. And listeners, the link to the website that you've just mentioned will be in the show notes. But I find it really interesting that you talked about there, the fact that you went from writing How to Break Up with Your Phone and then the next book was about how the world of fun opened up to you and how to actually really enjoy that and make use of it in a way that maximized your life. Yeah. I mean, basically I had a moment in the very room I'm speaking to you from where my husband and I were taking a full 24 hour break from our screens, which is a practice I encourage listeners to experiment with, especially if you've got a partner or a loved one who's not quite as on board as you are with the idea of breaking up with your phone, because it's a really great conversation starter. I mean, I often feel like a couple's therapist. People are like, my boyfriend is always on his phone. So anyway, we were doing this 24 hour break And my husband was out of the house and my daughter was napping and I had this whole hour and I could do whatever I wanted to with it. And I had this horrible realization that I had no idea what I wanted to do with that hour. Excuse me. I'd gotten so used to filling my time with my phone that without my phone, I didn't know how I wanted to fill my time. And it made me ask myself a question that I encourage everyone out there to ask themselves as well, which is, what's something you say you want to do, but you supposedly don't have time for? Because the reality is many of us are spending upwards of four hours a day just on our phones. That was the best statistic I found before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Just your phone, not your computer, not your laptop, not your TV. That adds up to 60 full days a year. It's a quarter of our waking lives. So like, yes, some of that is productive or truly enjoyable, whatever, but it's a lot of wasted time. So we actually have more time than we realize. So I asked myself, what's something I say I want to do, but supposedly don't have time for? And my answer was, I want to learn the guitar because I have a guitar. I've just never learned to play it. And I ended up signing up for this class, this group adult class that met on Wednesday nights. And it was just a really amazing experience because I started to feel this sense of buoyancy and this feeling of energy and connectedness that I realized had kind of gone missing from my adult life. And that was giving me energy and resiliency that was boosting me for the whole week. And it wasn't just about the skill. You know, the skill was great. Like I love learning guitar, but there was this something else going on. And I came to conclude that that something else was best described as fun, but you know, not fun in the sense that we're like, Oh, I looked at Instagram for fun. That's what I think of as fake fun. I mean like fun where you feel joyfully alive. And when I got this taste of that experience, I just became fascinated by it and ravenous for more. And again, personal issue turning into professional project, I decided I would write a book about what is fun actually, because we use that term all the time without actually thinking very hard about it. And then why is it actually not frivolous at all? It's enormously important, if not essential for our emotional and physical health. And then I wanted to figure out how to have more of it. (laughs) So it's an investigation. You know, I had to actually define fun because there's not a good definition of it. And then come up with a step-by-step plan for how do you actually create the space in your life to have more fun? How do you reconnect with things that do bring you joy? How do you engage in those things more frequently? Um, and it certainly has been a life-changing experience for me. So I do feel dramatically different from where I was in 2015 slash 16 when I started thinking about this to begin with. I love this. It's these enriching experiences that are available to us in the world. And it's about, um, finding them. Now, I know that uh, the last thing I want to ask you about is you have a text challenge. So would you mind explaining this? Because if you aren't already motivated listeners to continue with this habit based on everything that Catherine has just said, um, this actually might be something that you'd like to get involved with too. Yes. So 
Back when I published How to Break Up with Your Phone, I really wanted there to be a way to have the course. So it's a 30-day plan to take back your life. This, the first half of the book is a look at the why it's so hard to look away from our devices and then what our relationships are doing to us, like the negative effects they're having on us. The second half is a plan to take back control. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if that plan were developed in like bite-sized chunks via text message from your phone as if it were breaking up with you so that you have this like gentle reminder every day on the device where you need it the most. And at that point, I couldn't figure out how to do it. But I I recently teamed up with this company that creates these text-based challenges And on March 1st, we're going to be launching a 30-day phone breakup challenge course, which will be available at screenlifebalance.com. And basically what it is, is a 30-day challenge where each day you get an audio message from me with a little bit of information and your assignment for the day. And then um, kind of an interactive thing where you'll get text messages and you can text back responses and get more information on various, you can go deeper in other words. And the goal is so that is that by the end of the 30 days, you'll actually have gone through all the steps in the book and you'll be well on your way to a healthier relationship. So if anyone feels stuck and just doesn't know where to begin with this and wishes there was a, like a coach or a guide, this is exactly what it's designed to do. So um, I'm going to try to figure out a way to get a discount code for your listeners so you guys can check it out. But I hope that people will um, will try it out. I'd love to hear your feedback and have you involved. I'll be trying it out for sure. And I know, as we talked about earlier, when there's when there's a very when it's very difficult to chart your progress, it can be hard to stay motivated. So what I really love about the idea of this challenge is that it's something even just by listening to the audio message every day, that's progress. That's taking part every day. That's being engaged, which is genius. Yeah, I would say that that's actually something I found really heartening about the whole subject of breaking up with your phone is that, yes, it actually, I mean, it is quite hard to create a long-term healthy relationship with a device that's deliberately designed to addict you. But with that said, just being aware that this is a problem is an enormous step towards the goal of a healthy relationship. So truly, just by listening to episode just by whatever reflection people have done over the course of the month so far with you, you actually have made more progress than you realize. So I'd like everyone to give themselves credit for being aware that this is something that you want to work on. A lot of people haven't reached that stage of self-reflection or self-awareness yet. And then the next stage is, you know, to gently with curiosity and kindness towards yourself, explore some different changes you can make to see if you can begin to create your own personal relationship with your phone and devices that feels right to you. And I truly believe, and in fact, no, it is possible. You can do it, but please be kind to yourself. You know, it's challenging, but it's very worth it. And and you will be able to get reach that goal. Catherine, I've been very honest with listeners to say how frustrating this habit has felt for the various reasons that we've touched on in this episode. But um, getting to chat to you has definitely been the highlight of this month in terms of tackling this habit. I really appreciate your insight. I really appreciate everything that you've talked us through and love your perspective and love that you've lived it, breathed it, and are now sharing it in the way that you are. I will be putting the links to um, Screen Life Balance, your book, both books in the show notes. But thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and to help with this habit. It's been a joy. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I hope this is helpful for people out there. I know it, I know it can be really hard. See, she's amazing, isn't she? So just as I said, I'll put the links to the books and to the project that she talked about, Screen Life Balance. I'll put all of those links in the show notes. But just to say that um, thank you so much to everybody who's taken the time to get in touch about this habit, who has 
been working on their phone usage, who's followed the tips. I know even though in episode three of this habit, I was feeling a little bit despondent. The feedback that you have been sharing with me is actually the tips that were shared in episode one and episode two specifically have really helped you reduce your phone time. So that's really wonderful for me to hear. And you're saying things to me like you're spending more time engaged with friends or family, loved ones in a way that feels so much more meaningful. And you realize it's because you have consciously put your phone sort of downgraded your phone from the amount of time or attention you will allow it to consume so that's brilliant work you're doing really well this is the final episode in this installment of uh, 12 habits so this is the last one that we will talk about uh, phone usage in but there is going to be a new habit next week and I think it's important if you have anything that you would like me to tackle and I really want this one to really boost us back up after this uh, this one which has felt quite challenging uh, you will hear about it in the newsletter if you are signed up the link is in the show notes and uh, I will be telling you exactly how we're going to be tackling the third habit I'll be revealing it in the next episode but if you want to find out about it first subscribe to the newsletter and make sure you're a member of the Facebook group thank you as ever for your time thank you for everyone who's put in the effort with this habit I know it hasn't been easy and obviously Catherine is a great resource and I will put the links to everything that she has done and where you can find it in the show notes but thank you so much for listening I will see you on the next one